they had a go at you. Paul uh, was also a Roman citizen, and um, at one point, Paul being Paul, they decided to arrest him and flog him to figure out what he'd done wrong. Great justice system. Um, and he stopped them and said, hey, just by the way, is it legal for you to, you know, beat me up without having a trial first? I'm a Roman citizen. And the soldiers got terrified because it was totally against the law to do that to a Roman citizen. If you were an ordinary pleb, that's just par for the course. And the Philippians were proud of being Roman citizens. It was a great thing to be a citizen of, of Rome. They would have a, I'm not sure they had days of remembrance where they, every, everyone stopped going to work and celebrated being Philippian, but Philippi Day, Philippi Day. I would put apple in it. Um, as Christians, we are in a privileged position. We are forgiven. We are set free by God. We are no longer people in subject, subjection to slavery. We're no longer people in subjection to sin. We are God's free people, free to love God, free to celebrate God, people of grace and unity and peace and love. And Paul writes to the Philippians and he says, you guys know the perks that you have for being Philippian. I want you to remember the perks that you have for being a Christian and I want you to live lives worthy of your citizenship. If he was writing to us, he'd say, you guys have it made in Australia. You're the envy of the world. But my, you've got it made so much more in that you are followers of Jesus, in that your citizenship is with God. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me. Let's have a read what Paul writes. Uh, in Philippians chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 27. Paul says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. Boy, I wonder how many people would come to Australia if we said, you have the privilege of low-cost uni education, great healthcare system, and you'll get flogged uh, every second day. That's interesting, isn't it? Paul says, you've been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You've seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from his love? Is there any fellowship in, together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. That in the original Paul says, by being of one mind, by being of, of one heart, loving one another, by being of one purpose and one soul, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish, says Paul. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. 
have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something that he had to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and God gave him the name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Paul's challenge to the Philippians, and I believe his challenge for us today, is that all of us live as people who are identifiably God's. You know, last week we looked at Colossians 3 and we saw that that as Christians we are representatives of Jesus, our rescuer. Uh, Our our very lives are an expression of of what it means to be His. You know, the, the ideal that Paul is saying is when people look at us as Christians, as we stand together in the world, as we stand together, people should look at us and say, man, I need that. Just as people who are suffering in the world today, persecution, disenfranchisement, being kicked out of their homes, facing economic suffering, look at us today and say, I want Australia. I want what they've got. Paul's saying, guys, live together with God so that people around you look at the church, I believe, and say, man, I want to be a citizen of their kingdom. You see, citizens of God's kingdom stand together and fight together. There's a difference between being a citizen of God's kingdom and being a citizen of Australia. Because the, the, the kingdom that we belong to, God's kingdom, is greater than all other kingdoms. Because God's claim of sovereignty, of rule, encompasses the whole of creation, including Australia. The Philippians, Paul is writing to, they, they felt very proud of being Roman. And Paul is basically saying to them, guys, don't be proud of being Roman. I mean, what's the point of Rome? Rome's a, Rome's a tiny blip on a tiny planet, in a tiny bit of history, you are citizens of God's kingdom which goes from eternity to eternity and covers everything. Of course, the problem is that in this world, the kingdoms that we find ourselves in, including the kingdom of Australia, including the kingdom of Rome, argue that God has no right to have that authority. There are so many people back then and today who say that our first commitment, our first priority has to be to our country, to our city for Philippians, to Rome, to Australia, and not to God. You know, we see this a little bit in Australia where, where people say, oh, uh, politicians are allowed to be Christians, but they're not allowed to bring their faith into any decisions that they make. You might have seen um, there are some churches around the world where on national days of remembrance they bring their flags into the church and it's a day of celebration of how great the country is. And, you know, maybe we'll pray to God and say, God, aren't we great? Make sure we stay that way. 
Now, all over the world, there's this growing movement at the moment um, in America, in Australia, in Europe, um, to put ourselves first. We've seen quite a few European countries have had... Um, I always get confused between far left and far right, but they've got people on the extremes getting more and more power, basically on, on the platform of we need to look after number one first. And part of that is a reduction in our spending, in our caring for those who are the least in this world. Even Australia has reduced our foreign aid because, you know what, we need to look after ourselves. Now, this is, this is not an easy issue. It's a complicated issue. But all around the world, I've just noticed this trend that we are becoming more us-focused. You might have read the newspaper this week, Margaret Court again getting slammed in the media for, for daring to have an opinion that differs from what others think. You know, sometimes opposition to God's kingdom is overt. Sometimes Christians are attacked. Sometimes Christians are, are faced with violence. Paul himself faced a lot of violence. Sometimes, sometimes we find laws being put in place to limit Christians. In Australia at the moment, they've got a law in place to limit, uh, to limit schools on the, on the false assumption that all Christians want to discriminate. Sometimes opposition to God's kingdom is subtle. Just a, just a slight laugh when a Christian says something. Or a, just a, you know what, we're not going to give you the time of day. We'll, uh, we won't give you a voice. But Paul says, if we are citizens of God's glorious, global, eternal kingdom, then we need to stand together. If we are living for the good news about Jesus, we will stand together. Stand together with one spirit, one purpose. Fight together for the good news and refuse to ally ourselves with this world. But instead, standing together and say, Jesus is king and we're not ashamed to, to say that we are his. We are not backing down from what he says. We, we love you. We are not imposing ourselves on you. But, but the truth is the truth. And Paul says, I don't want you to be intimidated by the world around you, but you know, it, it, it's sad that so often we are intimidated by the world around us. We, we ally ourselves with the world, but perhaps we just go along with people. You know, it, I don't want to rock the boat, so I'll just, I'll just smile and pretend that that's a really uh, funny comment, or I agree with them, and if they don't notice, then they'll just sort of let it slide. Or, or perhaps we'll ally ourselves with the world and say, you know what, we're going to vote this way, you know, this person has said a whole bunch of stuff that we don't think is in line with what God wants, but you know what, they're going to give me this, so I'm going to vote that way anyway. We, 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 we can be very quick to ally ourselves with the world. Or else we, are, we do the, the easier thing sometimes, and we just adapt ourselves to the world. People say that's not appropriate in this day and age. We say, well, God said it, but maybe we'll just, you know, blink when we read that bit. Or, or maybe we'll spend 15 books explaining why what God said actually isn't what God said. It's a lot of work. 
Paul says, don't be intimidated by the world around you. Because actually, as mighty as the kingdoms of this world are, you are citizens of the kingdom of God. And you need to stand together for God and his good news. And yes, that might be tough, but God's people stand firm together. And when we stand firm together, that is actually a double sign. It's a sign to us that we are going to be saved. We are following in the footsteps of Jesus, whom the world also turned and said, you have no right, Jesus, and killed him. And who then was raised from the dead and proved that he actually is king and lord of all. You know, it's a sign to us that we're going to be saved. It's a sign to the world that that actually they can't win, that, that those who fight against God will be destroyed. And yes, there could be suffering in that. All Christians, apostles, new believers, Paul says, you know, I've been suffering and you guys are suffering, but you know what, we're standing together. We're not embarrassed. I don't think Paul was embarrassed about suffering for Jesus. Because he saw that the suffering that they faced was a light and momentary thing and it was a proof to the world that Jesus is worth it all. Forget whatever, I don't care what our opinions are on refugees, but you look at them and you look at how they suffer. I saw a show in in Africa, Morocco, there's, I think it's Spanish, has got an enclave on the African continent. And you see these desperate people running over barbed wire fences, trying to clamber over because they just are desperate to get to the other side. They're willing to suffer whatever it takes because being in Europe is going to make their life bearable. Our situation is slightly different. We are already citizens of God's kingdom. And nothing that anyone does to us can take away the benefits of that. So Christian says, Paul, stand together. Stand together for the kingdom of God. Be proud of the fact that you are citizens of the kingdom of God. You know, by all means, let's celebrate Australia Day, but but every day we celebrate Kingdom Day. We celebrate Jesus Day. We celebrate who we are in Christ. And Paul carries on in in chapter 2, verse 1, and he says to the Philippians over there, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate. Paul is looking back and saying, guys, let's think about some of the benefits of being a citizen of the kingdom of God. Is there any encouragement from being in Christ? Obviously not much. Is there any, 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 like a smidgen of encouragement from belonging to Christ? Yes. Is there, is there any comfort from his love? His love that will not let us go. Is there any fellowship in the Spirit? Any sense that we belong to God and that we are adoptive family members together? Any sense of that at all? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Do you have any love for anyone else sitting around you right now? That's good. You see, Paul's not going, yeah, I really am wondering if you Philippians have any of this stuff. Paul's going, guys, let's just recap some of the benefits of being a citizen of God's kingdom. 
And it's a lot better benefit than cheap uni fees. Comfort from His love. Encouragement from belonging to Christ. Fellowship in the Spirit's tender, compassionate hearts. You know, sometimes you might look at some of those and go, well, right now there's not much this and this. Paul says, is there any? We go, yes, there is. These are truths. And Paul says, on the basis of these truths, live out the kingdom life. Live lives worthy of the gospel. Uh, I read uh, one pastor said he, he was going to preach a, a sermon on this passage called How to Make Your Pastor Happy. This is what Paul is saying. He says, guys, if you want to put a dial on my smile, a smile on my dial, uh, I want you to, to be people living for Jesus, having one mind and one love and one in spirit and one in purpose, not being selfish, not thinking you know it all, putting others before yourself in humility, thinking of what's going to bless them, not just what will bless ourselves. In, in every decision, every word, every thought, everything we do, everything we say, everything we are, thinking, how am I showing God's love to the people around me? See, we are citizens of God's kingdom. We need to stand together. We need to fight together, but we need to stand together. And yeah, we're going to disagree with each other. Of course we are. But even if we're convinced that we are in the right, Paul says, guys, live as citizens of God's kingdom. Love each other. And together come to a unity because of what Christ Jesus has done. Put others first, even when the cost to ourselves is incredibly high, simply because God, our Father, loves us and loves them. You see, the Christian mindset is not just one of standing firm. We stand firm together, but when we are together, we are flexible. When we are together, we refuse to do that which is most comfortable to us, but instead we show compassion to those who need it. We show compassion and tender-hearted mercy to those who are stuck in ditches or stuck in injustice or or those who, who need our encouragement and love. See, what is going to make people want to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven? I think it's really important that the world sees that we are not people who flip-flop. That we are people who stand firm together and say, we represent God. We, we're not going to be intolerant. We're not going to be judgmental. We're not going to uh, attack you. But we are not going to back down from God and His kingdom. Because God is worth it to us. I think when people see that sort of commitment, they go, man, I can actually be a part of that. But I think the other thing that people need to see is that we are willing to not stand on our rights. We stand together for what is right, but individually we refuse to stand on our rights for the sake of each other. See, that's what it means to be a citizen of God's kingdom. Because that's what Jesus did. Because that's what Jesus did. didn't consider equality with God something he had to cling to. He had it, 
but he said for the sake of my church I won't insist on my rights I won't insist that every knee will bow now at any moment on the cross Jesus could have said enough at any moment he could have said you will bow now and everyone would have bowed He said, no, I'm not backing down from God's kingdom. I'm not backing down from God's plans and purposes. Kill me. God's in charge. But I'm going to let go of my rights to help you, to love you, to care for you. I'm going to let go of my rights to be comfortable. I'm going to let go of my right to be right. That's Jesus. Anna Marie. You know, I was